Hello, welcome to the Age of Sigma Stat Center, which is normally every Monday, unless I've been traveling, which I have this weekend. I was in the Netherlands, which is where the Dutch live, who speak Dutch, and we were covering the Alliance Open Team Championships, which was teams of four. There were 18 teams and 72 players, and the winner was French Kiss. French Kiss, uh, and you can watch all of those games on the T-Sports Network Twitch account, and in a few weeks you'll be able to watch them on the T-Sports Network YouTube page. So I, so this show that I'm doing now is being filmed on a Tuesday with a Twitch chat, but normally I do it on a Monday. There we go. So if you are, li are listening to this as a podcast, or or you are watching uh, this back on YouTube, please do like and subscribe. And as always, thank you to everyone on the Honest Wargame Patreon. Couldn't actually live or survive without you, so let's go. Right. Okay, let's jump straight into it. Um, uh, I've got loads also uh, for people who maybe are interested in my thoughts on the Alliance Open Team Championship. I'm going to be doing a separate video um, about the players and about a bunch of things that I think I learned about competitive gaming and also just about how well some of these people um, have done. Uh, okay, right. So uh, before we go into anything else, I'm going to start a new thing that I'm going to start at the beginning of each week for the Stat Center, which is where we look at the current results. So the TSN rankings is where we take all of the 5-0 and o events from around the world. So um, any that happened, and then we put this information into our rankings. And there's a real there's a guide on this page, and I'll include it in the show notes. But if you want to know this war game, it's the TSN player rankings. Now you can see all of the Age of Sigmar event results, uh, and you also you can see how players have done. So just to shout out, kind of the top five at the moment. So the top five in the world, so the best performing players in the world right now is Tom Guan, uh, my co-host for Summer Slaughter, a lovely fella, um, with six GTs already in the bag. He's got five, uh, sorry, one five win and then three four four ones. Um, uh, so yeah, he's up there with 616 points. Alexander Gonzalez has been to four events and he's got uh, three four ones at the moment. Jeremy Vissier, uh, who I think maybe still has some event results to put in. But as you can see, Three events, three five O's. He is currently undefeated, Jeremy, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, so he's looking for that like golden performance over the course of uh, the year. Um, so he's got three more events because we take your best six event results. So you can play in 20 events, but we take your best six. Uh, Adam Mumford, uh, my good friend, uh, shout out, uh, has got um, one five O and then one four one, and then Carl Ong. Uh, B's up, C's down from the seasonal war, um, or, or the tough crowd, no one knows at this stage, uh, has got one five zero and then two four one. So those are our world's, um, those are our world top five. Uh, just shout out the top three in the different regions. Uh, in the UK, Adam Mumford, Michael Wilding, and Kieran Alinda. Uh, in continental Europe, um, we've got uh, Robert Rupert Rajowski, Nico Hoek, and Tobias Schwartz. I've definitely got all of those wrong, but I apologize. In uh, in North America, it's Tom Guan, Alexander Gonzalez, and Jeremy Vissier. In the Philippines, it's Dennis David, Miguel Alguer, and Carlo Augusto. And then in Scandinavia, it's Benjamin Fluda, Theo Papacristadula, and then Lassie Kalberg. And then UK and Ireland, uh, as discussed, I've already told you. So there you go. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Well done to everyone. And you can also see who's the top player of any faction. The best performing faction at the moment um, is three different factions, actually. Uh, but if we pick... Uh, let's pick who Slaves to Darkness is a hotly contested one. Currently, it's Toby Meadows from England. And then Max Saul uh, from England as well, who's also a little treasure. Uh, so you can go check those all out on the stats. Really easy. Right, let's jump into our first event, shall we? Uh, and our first event is going to be the Raccoon Rumble. 
That's right, the Raccoon Rumble. And this is our largest event, uh, as you can see. 120 players in Germany, uh, six rounds, and the biggest European event since AOS Worlds. So a really big event, and it's really exciting to see because uh, at one point, I think a lot of German events were one-dayers, uh, and now they've really stepped up. There's a really big community in Germany, so really excited to talk about the event results question. Okay, so our winning list. So it was a six-round event. That's important uh, to talk about here. Uh, so it was run by Colin Claren. I'm probably saying that wrong, so I apologize. And thankfully, he's in the chat right now, which is really exciting. So shout out to Colin, and did it with Magikin of Nurgle. He did it, though, with the Filthbringers Rock Coven Sorcerer list, which we featured on the show previously. And we've talked about, I think it already did well in Germany. It might have been Colin who was running it in Germany previously. We've also seen it perform well in the US. And it's a bit of a meme list, but it's also not a meme list, which is pretty incredible, which is really, really fun. Yeah. Um, so the Rock, Bring, the Rock Coven Rockbringer Sorcerer is a, like, a, 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 I think it's a one cast wizard. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah, it's a one-cast wizard. But importantly, has got the Tainted Endless Spell. So if this unit summons an Endless Spell, for the purpose of disease battle trait, the Endless Spell is treated as a unit with a Magikin of Nurgle keyword. Also, uh, you end, you take three um, Rock Coven Rockbringer Sorcerers. So as you can see, there are three here uh, in the list. And um, they get pluses to cast when they're near each other. Right, so they get when they get near each other, which is really important when you're trying to cast like high end spells. The really exciting element of this is he's taken three endless spells, umbral spell, umbral spell portal. Sorry, uh, so he can cast um, I think rancid visitations or or gift of disease, either one which starts applying disease points at range, and then we'll cast these three endless spells, which are spell portal, Ravenax Nashing Jaws, and the Shards of Alagar. Shards of Alagar sets up within 18 inches, and there's two parts of it, and one of them you keep moving every hero phase within 12 inches. Um, so you, there's two pieces to it, and you move one 12 inches at, like, at the end of every hero phase. What's really cool about that is it's a massive base. It's great for being able to block up screens and stuff, and it halves movement. But also it means it does it applies disease points to your opponent from very early. Same with Ravenax Gnashing Jaws, which moves 3d6 inches after setup. So it's really, really fast. And same with the Umbral Spell Portal, which is set up at 18 inches. So you've got the ability to just drop these disease-creating endless spells into your opponent. And disease points, every four up, uh, at the end of the Battle Shock phase, every time you've got a disease point on you on a four up, you take a mortal wound. So it's just a really great way of applying tons and tons and tons of disease points from very early. So I guess, um, and has done obviously very, very well. Uh, then in addition, and then he's taken it all in a Warlord, Expert Conquerors, and Bounty Hunters. So we'll talk about what those units in there are. So in the Expert Conquerors, there are 10 Putrid Black Kings that are going to count as 30 on an objective. And they've got, 40 wounds each, 41 wounds. Uh, and then you've got five uh, Putrid Blight Kings, which are going to count as 15 on an objective. Um, and then you've got, but they're 20 wounds. Yeah, that makes sense. Then there's also 10 Blade Bearers, which is another 20 wounds. So he has a lot of wounds on the board, all of which have like a good armor save in the Blight Kings and also a five up ward because it's Nurgle. Then he's got two units of two Puskal Blight Lords to kind of move forward and attack the enemy. Uh, and those are also really fantastic as well. And those are in Bounty Hunters. So he's really making like uh, excellent use of the new War Scroll Battalion, not War Scroll, sorry, 
battalions. They're not war squad battalions. Uh, the bata core battalions, thank you. The core battalions, expert conquerors and bounty hunters, as well as the other one, warlord, which is really different as well because normally the things that we see used are, of course, uh, one-drop battalions um, in the battle regiment. So expert conquerors in some really tanky units and then bounty hunters in some really fighter units. So it's kind of like the perfect uh, culmination of stuff. 142 wounds, nine drops, doesn't get the choice to go first. Um, uh, and then there's three wizards at the back of the board, right? Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So a uh, co-fresh in the chat is hopefully going to write us a rundown on the honestwargamer.com where you can create. If you go to honestwargamer.com, uh, you can create uh, list rundowns uh, on here. So here you can see the workbook which I wrote on how to improve your games of Age of Sigmar or just how to get better at playing. Uh, the list here, are, are, you can create list rundowns or even unit rundowns that you like. Uh, the 40k listing isn't actually open. Uh, and you can also find the stats at the back here. So really good. Uh, a special shout out to Colin. This is fantastic work. Should be super happy with himself. Uh, winning the biggest event in Europe since uh, Worlds. Uh, congratulations to him and uh, congratulations to everyone else. Okay, so uh, looking at the five ones, uh, and congratulations to all these players going five one. You got Tristan um, uh, Fafelnholse uh, with the Fangs of Sotek Seraphon list, Skinks, uh, Slan, all the elements you expect to see normally. Uh, Stefan Kinsel with his Ineth Deepkin list. He was taking a Purple Sun, uh, some Reavers Thralls, uh, and also the uh, aspect of the sea uh, for that teleport, drop a purple sun, reduce the rem by one, do a bunch of shot with the Reavers as well. Uh, love that Deepkin list. And going 5 one's really good. They're not quite 4 one, five, one material, uh, I don't think, as an army. I think, like, 4 one's really their, like, kind of ceiling. So he did really well to push him up there. Uh, Lucas uh, Rack. Lucas Raxek uh, was running uh, Marathi and the Bow Snakes. Uh, Daniel Palmer was running uh, Nurgle, but this was uh, with the Lord of Afflictions and Puskal Blightlords um, in Drowned Men. Andreas Holter was running Stormcast Eternals with Stormdrake Guard in Bounty Hunters, um, as well as a Knight Draconis. Tobias Schwartz was running a Summoning uh, Disciples of Zinchlist with the Incarnate and the Double Bird. I'm actually so excited about um, the double bird list that we've seen by people like Caleb uh, and Tobias and a bunch of other people that have been pushing around that I actually have 3D printed myself another Lord of Change as I've always been like a pure Kairos fanboy um, but like double bird looks like it's super fun. Um, uh, Timo Knapp was running Carriage and Overlords. He had a iron clad, yeah, an iron clad, two gun haulers, uh, ten thunderers, um, as well as an admiral, some archonauts. No endless spell, though, which I thought was actually quite interesting uh, in his list. So it wasn't the same as some of like the Zilfin drop down, um, uh, drop a purple sun list. So well done to Timo, especially with KO. Uh, Jonas Schulter with Daughters of Cain was running Marathi and the Bow Snakes, as well as some Heart Renders and Shadow Stonkers. So congrats to you. Uh, Dan Tip was running Fire Slayers. Actually, I didn't read the Fire Slayer list. So what is in the Fire Slayer list? Was it all Magma Dross? Uh, Auric Runefather and Magmadroth, Rune Master and Battlesmith, then 20 Volkite Berserkers, Rune Son and Magmadroth, Rune Son and Magmadroth, and a Molten Infernoth. Nice, that's actually quite a good uh, endless invocation, uh, as they say. So the Magmadroth are really fighting. If you kill them, you take mortal wounds in return. And then the 20 Volkite Berserkers are just a really good meat shield, especially with the Rune Master and Battlesmith buffing them at the back of the board. So, uh, yeah, a really good combat mid-born army there uh, from Dan Tip. So, congratulations. Uh, Matthias Brinkert was running Nighthaunt, and he was running Blade Geist Remnants, double Krugast Cruciator, uh, so that reduce the rem by one down to a minimum of one, but you can take it from damage three to rem one. Uh, so, well done to him. And then Jan Tomek was running Beast of Chaos with a Shagoth, 20 Zangor, six 
uh, Enlightened, six Skyfires, uh, and a bunch of uh, other units. So, yeah, um, uh, I lost to Timo around five. Hey, Prop Joe, loads of love in the chat. So it looks like a, a really f uh, a fantastic event. I saw a load of pictures that you can go follow online. If you just type, type in the Raccoon Rumble, uh, you will obviously be able to go and find all the pictures. Twitter's a really good place for finding those. Um, this list, uh, the link to these lists as well as all the other lists I'm going to feature in the show will be in the show notes on the podcast and also on the YouTube video if you want to go check them out um, so you can go and click all the links and talk about them. So uh, a huge congratulations to everyone here. Uh, looked like a really fun event. So the next event that we have is Blackout, run by Chris Tomlin from a previous podcast called The Black Sun, which I don't think he records anymore. Chris, a lovely fella. Um, uh, thank you very much, uh, Phil. Uh, but as you can see, um, uh, he isn't currently using any of the pairing software that we normally use. Uh, and the chat are being pretty angry with me and saying, we've sent you the links, you can find the information, but truthfully, if you don't use a pairing app, I'm just not even really going to bother going through it. That's, that's on me. Um, so there we go. But I will go through first place. It was a 90-player event as well, so there's loads of really great information here. Um, so, like, you might want to click the links or, like, follow him on Twitter to find out the info. I'll include the, 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 the note below to his Twitter account so you can do that. But in first place was Phil's first 5-0. Congratulations. And he was running Seraphon. He just messaged me in the chat saying he summoned 110 Saurus on day two, uh, which is a pretty amazing stuff. And we do have his list. Um, and it is a Seraphon Thunder Lizard list with Lord Croak. Lord Croak's a forecast wizard. Uh, he gets plus one to cast. If he's near a source, Ashroth Manabara, which is in the list, he gets an additional plus one to cast and six inches to all of his spell ranges. On his War Scroll, he's got the ability to cast Comet's Core, which is D3. or D6 units take D3 Mortal Wounds. He's also got something called, it's not called the Deliverance of Itza, but it used to be called that, and that's what I always call it, so I don't care what it is called now, uh, which is an AoE Mortal Wound spell, um, oh, yeah, which do uh, affects up to D3 or three units if they're demons taking, no, Three units always, and it's D3 mortal wounds or three mortal wounds if it's demons. It's cast on seven, eight, and nine. Um, he also then can use the constellation to get an additional plus one to cast, so it's actually plus three to cast, which is pretty fun. And then if he takes Chronomantic Cox in the list, which is only 40 points, he can get plus three and re rolls all casts. It's not even re-roll failed casts, it's re-roll re casts. So if you roll, let's say Phil rolls a two, well, not a two, because that would be a... It rolls a three, so a two and a one. With his plus three, that would make... Uh, that would obviously be a six. But he's like, fuck that. I'm going to roll again. Rolls a seven. Now it's a ten. So he's super happy about that. Um, uh, right. So uh, Celestial Deliverance. That's what it's now called. It used to be called Deliverance of Itza, which was the name. Uh, but Celestial Deliverance is what it's called now. Um, uh, and then uh, he's then got... An Engine of the Gods, which is 265 points. Um, oh, yes, and thank you. Plus four with the uh, Astralism. Thank you very much, which comes from... Uh, I don't know where that comes from, actually. I actually never know where that comes from when I bring it up. Uh, but he's got an Engine of the Gods, which is 265 points, which in Thunder Lizard is minus one damage because any of the Saurus units are minus one damage. Um, uh, and uh, it's also an incredibly good fighting unit, especially if it's the general, because then it's got the command trait Prime War Beast, which gives it extra attacks, and the mount trait Beastmaster, which gives it extra attacks. Um, and so it goes from being one of the killiest units in the game. It's also a priest, and in this situation, it's also a wizard for 265 points. Um, so it's incredibly... Imagine Durthu is a wizard, moves really fast, and then is also a priest, and, and then... And then... Then has got an ability, the actual engine. So that's all of that before we get to the engine. 
And when you take the engine, you're able to roll uh, 3d6 or 4d6 if you're near a slan, right? Overcosted, I agree. It should be way cheaper, maybe 180. You roll 4d6, and then you consult a table, and that can be AoE mortal wounds, or it can be AoE heals into your army, which is really good, or you can summon Saurus Warriors. Now, what's really exciting, and if you roll an 18, or you you get double attacks and everything, but what's really exciting because you're playing Thunder Lizard is you can actually make that happen twice. That's right, you can just keep summoning stuff, right? Or you can just keep doing mortal wounds. It's wicked, right? So it's a priest, a wizard, an incredible combat monster, a summoning engine uh, for 265 points, yeah? It's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, really, really good. Uh, and then he has also got... Oh, that's it. Uh, he also has got Curse, which is a spell that you can cast within nine inches. Um, uh, not a spell, sorry. A prayer that you do with nine inches or four up. Any sixes to hit the unit that you cursed do mortal wounds, which is really great. Then he's got five Saurus Guard, um, ten Skinks, ten Skinks, and twenty Skinks. Uh, and then a Bacillon with Solar Engine, which has got a 18-inch, 24-inch, 18-inch range, I think, maybe 23 inches because it moves five. Um, uh, but basically, it, it's a long-range shooting platform, which is fours and threes, Ren 1 damage 2, or something like that. I can't remember. Like, I, can give, I care at this point. Uh, and then uh, two Bacillons with Arcasotech, which have got snakes. So they've uh, all the Bacillons have got one-up armor saves. They're super defensive. They're super tanky. Um, and so you charge them in. And then the snake versions, the Arcasotechs, they roll 18 dice if they're not wounded. And any sixes to hit cause a mortal wound. So you should statistically do three mortal wounds. And from two of them, do six mortal wounds, which is actually really, really good. Um, so, yeah, really good. Um, uh, and then... Chronomatic Cogs for Reroll Cast. And then my favourite Endless Spell now. Uh, friendship ended with Purple Sun. Now Friendship. Now now Horogast is my best friend. Okay? Uh, which is just easily one of the best Endless Spells. It's super cheap to cast. You set it up within 12, 18. Can't remember. Really far. Uh, and then it moves 12, 18. Can't remember. Really far. And then it affects units within 12 inches. Within. FAQ'd to being within. FAQ'd to being within. 12 inches any units within not wholly within 12 inches do not have to uh, cannot use an inspiring presence um which is just beautiful beautiful and if any units run away in the hero phase then it's d3 extra more run away i don't know how phil's experiences were with the horror gas over the weekend but it's comfortably my favorite endless spell at the minute um and uh, me and a couple of my friends shout out to the rain stars gang um are going to try and use that um, and manipulate that in a list uh, to cause some havoc um Phil seemed really happy and finding this game super fun. I'm glad. Well, Phil's a babe. Uh, it's the dumbest... Uh, he also then said in the chat, it's the dumbest army I have ever played. <laughs> I mean, a Bone Splitters army run away turn one. How good it... I, I told you, Phil, I've been beating the drum of Horogast since, literally since the book dropped, right? As soon as that came out, I was like, this is... No, this is... This is... This is crazy good. Um, and there are a couple of other Horogast-like spells in the game. You've got Horogast. Uh, you've also got the birds. I can't remember what they're called from Beasts of Chaos. Ravenwing Direflock. That's their name. And also the Death Reek Shok... Death... <laughs> the Death Reek... Oh, my God. The Death Something Shrieker. Yeah. Uh, sent you pictures of turn one. Oh, my God. Do we get a live bat report? I love this. Yes, Phil. Sent me a photo. Uh, hold on, let me let me look at this. Okay, so here's a live battle report. This is fantastic. Anyone, by the way, that's going to tournaments that's going to feature on the Stat Center, start doing this, 
I love this. Love you, Phil. Thank you. Uh, so this is turn one against bone splitters so there you can see he's got his this is great phil thank you uh he's got his uh engine of the gods right there in the center the skink screen and then he's got his bacillon with the uh, uh solar engine there so he can stand and shoot and then the two bacillons with the arcs and then he's got croak and then he's got everyone in the temple uh, so that's his turn one uh and then just take a moment just don't want to give away uh, phil's private information and then uh there you can see <laughs> There's no bone splitters left, and he hasn't left the castle. <laughs> like this, <laughs> literally, there's no units left on the board, and his army's in the same place. <laughs> oh no, he did lose. He did lose an engine. No, he he lost a Basilidon. He lost an Arcasotec in the bottom right hand corner, right? I get, I would probably gave it to him, and he conceded. <laughs> Uh, wait, he didn't move. How did he do it? <laughs> uh, okay, amazing. Amazing stuff. Uh, no, that's the end of my turn one. Sorry, that's the end of his turn one. Uh, and there you can see the Horogast in the middle uh, causing a mischief. Um, amazing stuff. I, I only want battle reports like this all the time now. Like, send me pictures. When you play your games, send me pictures. If you're like, oh, I won my event, send me the pictures of the games. Um, seems like a great way to spend a Saturday morning. <laughs> Horogast is so good. Horogast, by the way, will win you games into Sylvaneth. It will win you games into Nighthorn. It will win you games into Beasts of Chaos. Like, um, uh, don't say amazing. It's amazing. Right? I like it when it, like, don't forget I'm through, for everyone who's watching this being like, that doesn't seem really fun. Like, it's dumb and it's broken. Don't forget, I do this full time, all the time. I have gone through the looking glass. I'm on the other side of the needle. I have gone through purgatory that is balance and everything else. I am now at the other side where all interactions are insane and hilarious. Let's join me. Join me in the plateau of the happy because it's great. Right? That dude's first game was a huge, huge nightmare. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to say goodbye, work calls. Thanks for mentioning my list, Rob. Co-Fresh, loads of love. Congratulations to you for winning such a massive event. And what a great list to do it with. Congratulations. Um, I really want it to be my Soul Black Grave Lords. Horogast looks super cool. There's a really good list. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, uh, just looking at the rest of uh, the event. Uh, in second place, we had Christian Robertson. Uh, in third place, Matt Roberts. Uh, so Christian was using Soul Black Grave Lords. Christian, unfortunately, wasn't able to finish any of his games. I personally would have red carded him. Uh, I don't think if you finish any of your games uh, or you never get to turn four in any games, then you should be allowed to uh, have a win uh, effectively. Uh, but that's not meant with anything aggressive. It's meant with love. I think chess clocks should be something that uh, tournaments use on the top table. Um, and being conscious of how long you spend playing your rounds is something that's really beneficial to you and your opponent so i don't mean that as a call out i mean that as um a helpful reminder to the community that we should all be conscious of making sure each other we should be responsible for each other we should help each other finish our games and our rounds okay uh, matt roberts uh, with seraphon uh matt, a special shout 
out to Matt, who's been able to make it into the Six Nations team for Wales this year. So looking forward to see how he does there. Uh, big shout out to Greg with his Soul Black Grave Lords Castelli list. Um, uh, Andy Hughes with his Nighthaunt list. Uh, and then Marco De Anna with his Maggotkin and Nurgle. Matt Goldsborough with his Lumineth, who I know went 4 1 and he was using Kangaroos, which is great. God does truly give his greatest challenges to his strongest Kangaroos. Uh, and Chris Myhill with Seraphon. Laurie with Sylvaneth. I don't really know when the 4 1 stopped because, again, it wasn't on the uh, it wasn't on an app or something. So, um, and I'm not doing all the work for someone else. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to everyone at the event. I hope they had a lovely time. Uh, and on to the next event. On that, we also had 30 players playing in um, uh, playing in Battle for Beast Hall in Ireland. Uh, we actually had 536 players playing this week in eight countries. It's an incredibly busy time for Age of Sigmar. The busiest week that we've had. Really showcasing that again. Like I said. Age of Sigmar is popping off. It's on the rise. It's huge. Uh, however, they didn't open up uh, what their uh, they didn't open up the winners, so we don't know who won. Uh, but that happened in Ireland, so that was the battle for Beast Hall. Next up, we're going over to Scotland. So, Broken Realms and Minis War, which is an event over in Scotland in Glasgow City. City. Uh, Glasgow. Uh, so, shout out to everyone over in Scotland. It was been, it was set up by Matt. Um, and it had, oh, I've just lost my notes. It had 50 players, which is a pretty big event for Scotland, um, which is great. Really great guys. Uh, so we had two five O's from this event. We had John B and we had JJ Cropley. Let's go. One of my club mates, uh, who was in Nottingham and now has moved up to Scotland. Uh, love JJ. Uh, and John's fantastic as well. So, uh, let's look at John's list first. So John was running Beast of Chaos. He had a Dragon Ogre Shagoth and a Great Bray Shaman. Um, uh, and then... Uh, nine Dragon Ogres, which is 45 wounds on a 4-up save. Uh, six Dragon Ogres, three Dragon Ogres, six Zangor Enlightened on discs, uh, and then two lots of 10 Ungor, and then one unit of 10 Gore, and then a Cron Spine Incarnate of Gur in a Battle Regiment, Bounty Hunters, and he's got the Endless Spell Ravening Dire Flock. And there's some really, really fun tech with that. Now, our Bounty Hunter units were our nine Dragon Ogres, six Dragon Ogres, and our Zangor Enlightened on Discs of Zinch, which does mean that they'll get plus one damage against Galician Veterans, which are Battle Line units that have five or less wounds and aren't mounted. Um, so they're really good. Those nine Dragon Ogres, we're going to have lots of attacks, but kind of the key point for those Night Dragon Ogres is they are 45 wounds, and when you and they're on really large bases, so they cover a lot of the board, and when you kill them, they're able to rally on a 4+, which is a command ability you can do at the start of the hero phase. You can do it in each player's hero phase. So if you just think about like what a unit might look like, imagine you kill the front half of it, which definitely will mean that they're not in combat anymore, because you can't do it within 3 inches, so you can't do rally within 3 inches. So then even if they get a double turn, in the next turn, let's say you've lost 4, you should statistically get two back into that unit, so ten wounds. If you kill them down all the way to one, to a minimum of what, like like to just one of the nine unit left, so you've killed forty wounds out of the forty-five wounds. Then, uh, as long as they're not in combat within three inches, they can then rally, and they should statistically put four bases back, therefore twenty wounds back into the unit. So it's a really effective unit, especially with how cheap it is, because that forty-five wound unit is only three hundred and seventy-five points, and they're pretty good in the fight as well. Six dragon ogres, two hundred and fifty points, and then three dragon ogres. The six zangor in light. And our discs are incredibly fast, especially because there's a great brace shaman on the list, which means they're going to go 19 inches, um, and then they're going to get to fight. If they go second, they get rerolls to hit and rerolls 
to wound on their very prodigious uh, fighting attack on the discs and on the blades. So they're really quite scary. And then you've got Ungors just for holding objectives and just running around and being Galician veterans. And then Crunchbind Incarnate of Gur, uh, which you should know what this does at this stage, but effectively it's kind of an unkillable... Uh, you can't kill it immediately. You have to kill it over two battle rounds uh, or two turns, sorry. Um, uh, but units also can't run away from it as well, so it's mega, mega effective um, uh, for just pinning the army in, and it's a good fighting unit and works really well in this. Also, don't forget, Beast of Chaos have got an incredible... They're a ramp army, so they summon really well. They've got loads of summoning points. And one of the ways that they do that is they do primordial call. So they effectively can take D3 mortal wounds, and then they get D3 points back. Now, there's some really fun little tech that you can do here. Um, uh, now, I don't. he hasn't noted on his... He hasn't noted on his list who the uh, Crunchbind Incarnate is, um, uh, like, who the, sorry, who is bonded to the Crunchbind Incarnate. And if it's a Great Bray Shaman, then you can do some really fun stuff, specifically where you can use the Primordial Core, which is where you take D3 Mortal Wounds, to uh, effectively slay himself, so the Great Bray Shaman can slay himself. Um, this would mean that the Crunchbind Incarnate becomes wild, which means he automatically always gets plus one to hit, gets gets run and charge but also there's some really fun additional tech that you get to do with this where you can then charge your ravening dire flock which i'll talk about in a moment and it's only casting a five so using the monstrous action to eat and the spell can go up from level two to level three which effectively adds 18 wounds onto the unit which is really good and you can control where that ravening dire flock goes all the time so he's got the ability to slay himself therefore make his incarnate stronger which is actually quite good. He might not have done that. Normally, you see the Dragon Ogre Shagoth kind of does the primordial course, so takes these three more wounds, and then heals it at the end of the combat phase, I think, maybe, um, as well as using heroic actions and other stuff to do heal. That's what you normally see. Uh, the Dragon Ogre Shagoth um, uh, is in the list as well. It's a monster, and it can use uh, the raw, but not raw, some sort of one of the monstrous actions that only it gets to do to summon more, uh, get more primordial core points, which is the summoning points that they use. The trick here, though, in this list, and the really clever bit that I really like that John's done. So uh, a, a, special shout, a special shout out to John. I don't think I've seen this being used anywhere else. Is John's been using Ravening Direflock, uh, which is a endless spell that you can only use for Beasts of Chaos. Um, so it's only 30 points, and it's only cast on a 5. He's set up within 12 inches. But the really clever bit is how it moves. The way it moves is, is if a unit finishes within one inch of this end of spell, then in that phase, whoever's turn it is, picks it up and puts it somewhere else. Okay? So if I, as the Beast of Chaos player, cast it and then I move near it, I'll pick it up and I'll put it wherever I like, which is great for a uh, an incarnate because he can charge the endless spell if it's wild, so he can charge it, and then he can use the monstrous action to eat it, which means only on a six, it's going to get 18 wounds, which is pretty great, uh, to be honest. But also, what it does in-game is really powerful, which is models uh, cannot issue the Inspiring Presence or Rally command while they're within 12 inches of it. So no Inspiring Presence, and also no Rally, which is um, uh, super, super powerful, and it doesn't affect Beasts of Chaos. Now, we just talked about how Phil was using Horogast, and Horogast is a great spell. Here's a version of Horogast, which also stops Rally, but it doesn't affect your own army, which Horogast does. So it's really, really clever, like, and it's really nice. So it's really fun seeing uh, what John's been able to do there, where he's mixed uh, all those different overlapping abilities to make his army much stronger. Um, and also there's some tricksy stuff in there that you don't really know is going... You're like, oh, okay, there's a spell. Okay, it's there. Okay, he's charged it. 
he's he's a level three incarnate. Like you're not really interacting with any of those elements. So he's buffing his army without you really engaging, and then he's debuffing your army. So quite like that. I think that's quite clever. Uh, and there's a lot happening in that list. Now JJ, who also went five on as well, five zero as well, uh, was running Stormcast Eternals, Hammers of Sigma, and he was using a Lord Relictor. Then he was using four Knight Vexilers. Vexilers with the meteoric standard which is once per battle you pick a point on the battlefield within 24 inches in every unit within i'm gonna say six inches every unit within six inches of that point suffers d3 mortal wounds so on turn one jj's making you take four d3 mortal wounds to everything within six inches then he's using a knight heralder and then he's picking a terrain feature within 18 inches uh, in the shooting phase. And don't forget, if he decides to put this unit up into the sky, so in reserve, he can drop it down within 18 inches, wholly within 18 inches of a piece of terrain. And then every unit within three inches of that on a two plus uh, takes D3 mortal wounds. Uh, and he's also got a teleport if he needs to do something with that as well. Then he's got five judicators with bolts on crossbows, two lots of two... Uh, uh, adjudicators with skybolt bows so that's more even more shooting into all those units and then three annihilators which you can drop down from the sky do mortal wounds and then also charge in a chronic spine incarnate of gur and then the purple sun in a double battle regiment um uh, and then thunderbolt volley so essentially four adjudicators unit shoot in turn one and that's because jj is in the chat um i love all the five o's so far every five o has been in the chat so Thank you, everyone, for joining us. That's fun. Oh, not John. John isn't in the chat. Uh, so double battle regiment in this list as well. So um, it was a bit of a meme list, which we saw do really well. I can't remember where, like a few months ago. And JJ's obviously seen that and run with it. And I think that's fantastic. Added his own little spice to it because he's added the Knight Heralda. Um, uh, loads of really interesting uh, interactions uh, in there. Well, not quite. It's, it's a bit monosyllabic because it's just loads of just AOE mortal wounds. But it's really, really good. Like that's a that's a legit the bunker buster lists are what we're going to call them now. Uh, we've seen the same thing with the Slan, Comet, um, uh, the Celestin Prime, Star Drake versions of that as well. Um, all doing bunker buster mortal wounds in AOE, which work really well into Nighthorn castles, Sylvaneth castles. Uh, so you've got a very interesting new army type that's been played over the past few months, which is worth talking about. So I love the bunker buster list. So love that. So congratulations to both those two players. Okay, so uh, the rest of our four ones from uh, the... Broken Realms and Minis for War 2 in Scotland was Nathan Watson with a Blades of Corn list. Nathan doing some really clever stuff in his list. He's got a Corn Reapers of Vengeance army, which means he can strike twice with the unit, uh, which obviously he's going to try and do a Scarbrand, uh, which is really powerful, especially when he uses the Bloodthirster of Infected Fury to make him pile in six inches, activate piling within six inches, uh, if there's a unit within three inches, and then just yeet stuff into the sea. If he's got a Blood Scraper nearby, he's going to get two attacks and his big damage. We saw at the Alliance Open Team Championship stream this weekend yeah we saw um scarbrand kill two mega gargants in one combat phase two a thousand points uh so when you stack all of those attacks he can go crazy um uh yeah really good now the bloodthirster infected fury has also got the command trait mage eater but he's also got the arcane tome and flaming weapon so i think damage three or damage four on his weapon but the key part there is the Arcane Tome. Because the Arcane Tome means that he's going to be able to cast Horogast in his list. And we'll talk about that in a moment. He's also got um, 2 units of 10 Blood Reavers, 5 Flesh Hounds. And then he's got 
two Slaves of Darkness, uh, Chaos Spawn, and a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. So Cronspine does everything that I said that it did previously. Now the Horrorgast affects you in the Battleshock phase. The way it affects you is, um, if I just talk about it, units within 12 inches of this endless spell cannot receive commands in the Battleshock phase. So Nathan uh, was playing this as uh, your, each corn unit is affected. Um, and like by this, which means with the hatred of uh, sorcery ability, uh, each time a friendly corn unit is affected by a spell or the abilities of an ender spell, you must roll a dice on a six. You ignore the effect of the spell and you receive one blood tithe point. So that's ten units uh, initially that can roll uh, basically turn one if you cast it then it means he's just going to roll 10 dice in the battle shot phase and any sixes are going to pop in blood tithe point which is used for summoning and all those other shenanigans um so really good also useful to put a mystic shield on let's say scarbrand um or any of those other units or the cron spine incarnate which makes it very very strong uh, so don't hate that as well. Uh, and then from that point on, it's just pretty much like every corn list is at the minute, which are doing really well, which is control the board state so that you push Scarbrand into someone with double activation and double piling and then just delete literally huge units with Scarbrand. Uh, so that's pretty much how the army works. He's also got the Bloodthirster with Incense of Rage, which has got like a Boom Thurster ability. That's what it's called. It's his AoE Mortal Wounds if it does proc the big damage, which also works really nicely with Horrorgast. So if you can hit multiple units, then potentially taking multiple Battleshot tests, which means potentially um, uh, you can do that. So yeah, and as JJ said in the chat, also because you can save up Blood Tithe points, and if you do use Blood Tithe points, you can also uh, save them after you spend them, which is a new thing. That's why you're seeing these corn lists do a little bit uh, better. Uh, then uh, we had Adam Turner, who was running Sons of Behemoth, which was running three bigs and a Cron Spine Incarnate, which is a great list at the moment. Donald McCree was running Hosts of Sinesh. Hosts of Sinesh. Now, this, oh sorry, was that Kyle? Kyle was running that. Um, and he was running a blade, uh, Pretenders host list with Glottos, Sigvald, Bladebringer, Lord of Pain, five Hell Riders, two times eleven Bliss Barb Archers, some Slick Blade Seekers, uh, and a Battle Regent Command Entourage. Honestly, uh, I'm not 100% certain about this list, to be honest. It's got a lot, a lot of moving parts. Um, Glottos is a really powerful wizard, debuff unit, and also a fighting unit in of itself. Sigvald's a great fighting unit. Contorted Epitome's a great fighting unit, as well as all of that. You are going to, uh, as well as uh, all of the spell casting, sorry, that you also get from it. Uh, and then 2x11 Bliss Barb Archers is, is, is 40 shots at range with Ren 1. Um, and then uh, the uh, the Blade Seekers are kind of your fighting unit. So you've got some, some big fighting from uh, your big characters, specifically Sigvald and Glottos. They're good, like, duelist units. And then you've got some ranged attack uh, from those units as well. But other than that, there's not really much interaction with the Snesh army to itself. It could just summon, I guess. Um, and so there you go. So, But congratulations, really good job. Uh, DJ was running Nighthorn army with a bunch of Blade Guys Revenant, Spirit Hosts, Cruel Gas Cruciators. Um, and then uh, our, and then Lee Martin was running uh, a list we've seen doing kind of well recently, or versions of this, which is our Drychi Ganeth, Hag Queen on Cauldron of Blood, High Glad Tricks, Blood Rat Medusa, Witch Elves, Witch Elves, Witch Elves, Heart Renders, and then some <laughs> Allied Black Art Corsairs. Sorry, no, we haven't seen this. Three lots of ten Black Art Corsairs, and then two Avatars of Cain with the Heart of Fury, which reduces the damage by one on Daughters of Cain units in range. Actually, not 100% certain about the Black Heart Corsairs in the list. Don't really know what they're doing in there, but absolutely excellent. The High Gladiatrix is making it so the Witch Elves can be hitting on twos and wound on twos with 
I think 60 attacks each, which is pretty phenomenal. Uh, so I think that maybe the Blackheart Corsairs, which are only 85 points, are screens. Uh, so that they die and then the Witch Elves can counterpunch, basically. Uh, which is really fun. A lot of innovation coming out of these Scottish lists. Love to see it. Um, and so, yeah, congratulations to everyone over there. Okay, so next up we're going to Game Night AOS in... That's right, in Canada. Okay, so Patrick Ellen, uh, Patrick Ellen, Patrick Allen, sorry, doing really, really, really well. Um, going four wins and a draw with his Sons of Behemoth list, which was four bigs. A gate, two Gatebreakers, two War Stompers. Uh, in case you need me to explain, Mega Gargants uh, count as 20 models on objectives. They stand on them, they fight on them, and then you either beat them or don't beat them. That's, that's how it works. Uh, and they throw rocks at you. Shout out to Patrick. That's fantastic. Uh, Michael Nomura was running a Fangs of Sotek Seraphon list with some Slans, some Skink Priests, and loads of Skinks. Uh, Nonomura. Sorry, I'm trying to say that better. Or Nonomura. I'll try to say that better. But uh, good work to you. Ruben Parker was running Ineth Deep King list. It's quite a fun list. I quite like this. Uh, he had an Achilling King, which is a Slap King, obviously. Uh, two Soul Renders, which meant he could Deep Strike with his unit of 30 Nomati Reavers, which is 60 shots, and then his 30 Nomati Thralls. What I also like about that is it also means he can keep them off the board, which means they can't be Alfred, which is quite nice, actually. Um, and then 30, uh, sorry, three lots, two lots of Ishling Guard as defensive eels, and then a unit of Morsar Guard. So he's got some, like, small MSU units to push around, and then he has got, um, and that's it, all in a Battle Reg. Uh, no deep strike. Oh, it's healing. Sorry. Okay, well then change my mind. The soul renders do the healing. They don't do the deep striking. Apologies. Soul renders do the healing. All right. So then he can return three D three D six into the reavers and thralls. Okay. All right. I prefer the deep striking actually. Now, now I've looked at it, <laughs> but he's obviously done really well with it. So congratulations to him. Two D three. Uh, and then our Sinesh list did really well, uh, which was. Uh, Ruben uh, was running his I Death Deepkin. Uh, more, uh, sorry, Mitch, sorry, uh, Quaja was running his Host of Sinesh Lurid Haze Invaders Host List, uh, which was Sigvald, the Contorted Epitome, uh, and a Shard Speaker of Sinesh, of all things. Uh, then he had two units of 10 Bliss Barb Archers and a unit of 30 Bliss Barb Archers. So I think that means he's got 100 shots coming out of his Bliss Barb Archers. Uh, and then two units of five Simbramesh Twin Souls and a Mindstealer Sphinx to make you strike last. Uh, so yeah, uh, loads of uh, fun little Sinesh tech in there for doing some summoning. So congratulations to everyone at the Game Night AOS event. So, next to Texas, Hammerfest in the US of A. Hammerfest 2022. 88 players, so a massive um, a massive event. Uh, thank you to Dadbod, Napgod. So Top of the pile this week was Germany with 120, but then UK had 90, um, the Netherlands had 74, and then the USA had 88. Um, so yeah, loads of results. And we got Zach, Matt, and um, or two Matts, Zach Kennedy, Matt Beasley, and Matt Robbish all on 5-0, with Zach in first place, Matt in second, and then Matt uh, Robbish in third. Two Sylvaneth 5-0s, which is actually huge news with uh, only our previous... This is our first big Sylvaneth win at a big Age of Sigmar event. We have had a single uh, Sylvaneth 5-0 previously, 
Um, but these are at like a large event. So it really takes the Americans to showcase how to do this. And then Matt Beasley with Legion of the First Prince is also a huge uh, vibe as well because also we haven't seen Legion of the First Prince doing particularly well. They don't have their own book battle tactics. So they don't have a grand strategy or book battle tactics, which if we had the data available for, you would show that they are achieved more regularly more easily and more successfully so book battle tactics and grand strategies are much easier to achieve than the core ones i personally don't think that they should be in competitive age sigma because it really like you can't it's too much information load but that's a kind of side note that's not me releasing information out there in the wild um but a massive congratulations to matt so because that's a particularly impressive performance because they haven't been doing super well looking at the list there's some really interesting tech um, the first one for us, first Silver Death 5-0, is Harvest Boon in the Dwindling. Now, he's got a Warsong Revenant, who's a two-cast wizard, very much like a Lord of Change, but is uh, 100 points cheaper. Um, and uh, has got Spell Singer, which means he can cast spells through forests, which is really good. Uh, and Arcane Tome, making him a three-cast wizard, right? Um, and he's bonded to the Incarnate, and so there's an Incarnate of Gur in this list, which is going to be yeeting itself its opponents all the time. Now, he's also got the Scaith's Wild Hunt, which is uh, one of the Warcry Warbands. No, not that. Underworlds, that game no one plays, apart from the Swedish, I think. Uh, Scaith's Wild Hunt, um, and uh, that means he's got two two wizards in the list, which means he can take two Ender Spells. Geminids and Spite Swarm Hive. Spite Swarm Hive is the plus three to charge, or plus two, yeah, plus three to charge um, spell that pops off on a two-up. Uh, and then Geminids is uh, anything that's hit by it or... Um, ends up within an inch of it uh, on a 2 plus suffers a mortal wound if you take that mortal wound then you can't issue or receive command abilities now it's set within 8 and it moves 8 inches so it's not actually that powerful kind of early in Age of Sigmar so I think that's why you don't see it as much however because you can cast it through a tree I think what's been uh, what's super clever about this list is you cast it through the tree um, which extends your range pretty massively um, and that means that uh, you can run it through your opponent's army. So in the first turn, they can't issue loads of command abilities, can't receive loads of command abilities, all that attack, all that defense, a bunch, like inspiring presence. There's like some really interesting elements to it, which I really like. I think it's really, really clever. Like very, very clever inclusion in the list. Uh, two lots of five tree revenants, uh, two lots of six spike rider lancers. Now this is in the sub-faction harvest boon which means both units get a pre-game move of 12 inches or their full movement or whatever it is 16 inches but so they're going to be going like either 24 or 36 or a billion inches they're going to get close enough to charge you basically on the first turn they're both also in bounty hunter um, battalion so if they're charging into the um uh, they're charging into some galley vets they're going to be damaged too but uh skate wild hunt has got a spell uh, which can give them plus one to wound which is pretty nice. Well, one unit plus one to wound, uh, which means that they're going to be even more effective when they do charge in. And don't forget with fight and fade or fight and fire away or fight and run away or whatever it's called, you activate with the unit, then you immediately retreat. I have to explain that a lot of the time because people don't really get it. So they hit you and they immediately retreat before you even get to activate back into them. They also rally on a five up. So pretty amazing. We saw Ryan uh, Agus. Agus uh, from the weekend uh, go down to one Spike Rider Lancer and then rally four back into the unit on five ups, which they're five wounds apiece, so that's 20 wounds rally back. Uh, so some really interesting and fun tech there. Uh, really well thought out. I think that's excellent work, so congratulations. The other Silver Death list I'm going to call the Yeet and Skeet, uh, which is Alariel the Everqueen, the Arch Revenant, um, 
with the Warsinger trait, meaning you get a plus three inches to your move. Six Kurnoth Hunters with Scythes, and then two lots of three Kurnoth Hunters with Bows, because they're in the sub-faction. Heartwood, and that Heartwood makes those units battle line. And then Spike Swarm Hive, which obviously gives you a plus three to charge, as I talked about. Um, now, the Yeet and Skeet is quite interesting, because Alariel uh, obviously can move, hit you, and then use Fight and Fade to run away. But you can only use that on one unit. So, the reason I call it the Yeet and Skeet is probably Alariel gets yeeted up the board, does a load of damage um, with the bows having shot through the enemy lines to clear some chaff, teleport the Colonel Hunters, charge them in, um, so then you've only got a six inch rollable charge, uh, so then they run away, and then Alariel probably stays in the fight with like a Mystic Shield, an all out defense, uh, finest hour, which means you can have up to a plus three to a save, uh, and then in the next turn can yeet away, uh, you can then ski in the, I'm getting confused with my analogies here. <laughs> you can ski in the uh, the Colonel Hunters, uh, and then you can just keep bopping around. Uh, tree Remnants, go oh, there's no Tree Remnants, and that's it. That's the list. So kind of interesting. I kind of like that list as well. And then uh, Allegiance of the First Prince list isn't super different to ones we've seen previously. Kairos, Bloodthirster and Sense of Rage, Safe Sedan and Steam Prince with the Mark of Corn, Contorted Epitome, Flesh Hounds, Blood Letters, and Flesh Hounds. Uh, and then the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur doing loads of damage. I have to say, I saw the Safe Start and Demon Prince play a lot this weekend in the team format. Probably one of the strongest units in Age of Sigmar right now. Like, and has been since launch. That 18-inch aura of Bloodstick Ground plus a redeploy can make you fail battle tactics. Can just shut down whole units. Like, absolutely fantastic. If you've got the ability to ally that into your army or have it in your army. Like, unreal. Um, unreal stuff. Like, so incredibly powerful. I don't really know what to say about it other than it's amazing. So congratulations to Matt, Matt, and Zach. Excellent work. Okay, look at the four ones. We had a lot. So I'm not going to go to them in, go into them much in detail, which is a bit of a shame, but you can include all of the links below. Um, so you can obviously check it out. Uh, so Kelpig uh, was running Nighthorn. He's running the Quicksilver Dead. Now, my friend, my good friend Lex was running this this weekend also in the Netherlands where the Dutch live. Um, and uh, this was a bunch of Haradins, which is quite interesting because you can't take ward saves against Haradins when they become battle line. And then when you charge your Nighthorn, you've got the potential to reduce the armor save of the opposing unit in front of you and you can stack it. So it just takes like incredibly survivable units like Phoenix Guard or um, Nurgle, Puskal, Blight Lords, for example. And you could be like, right, minus two to your save and no ward saves. And they've got four attacks each. And when they charge, um, they're threes and threes. And then uh, you can also have, uh, and when you charge, you're also minus one to be wounded. I actually really like it. Like, really like it. I get the Blade Geist for evidence. I get what you get from that. You do the mortal wounds in addition to all the fighting. But I really like it. I think that's really fun. So shout out to Kel. Emma was running a Magikin of Nurgle list. And this was using the Rotmire Creed units, I'm pretty certain, which is quite interesting. Um, there's some real stuff to deep dive on that, which I'm going to do on a different show because there's so much going on there. Uh, but Emma, one of uh, Team USA, um, has been very innovative in how she's used a lot of uh, different units over the uh, recently. So um, uh, definitely we should check that out in more detail. Or if Emma wants to write a list review on dunceworgaming.com, I would love that. That would be great. Great. Uh, Ryan, with his Maggot King of Nurgle, was running Puskal Blight Lords, I think, and a lot of Afflictions. Shout out to you. Uh, Joanne Noah Singh was doing some wicked stuff with his Beast of Chaos list. Specifically, the one bit I really liked was he took the... Oh, that's the bit. He took the Corn Demon Prince with the... Well, the Demon Prince of the Mark of Corn. 
I think that's an auto-including Beast of Chaos. I'm surprised I haven't seen it in every Beast of Chaos list. It's an auto-including any list you can take it in, I'm going to say. Incredible utility. Incredible utility. And you should see that more in lists. Um, Michael Wynn uh, running Daughters of Cain. I think that was Marathi and the Bow Snakes. Uh, Matt Taylor was running a fun OCR Bone Reapers list where he was running Arcan, the Death Tide Shrieker, and then he was running three times five Kavalos Death Riders and then three times five Necropolis, sorry, three times three Necropolis Stalkers, which is quite interesting because he's going to definitely be screening out with those uh, Death Riders and then Necropolis Stalkers doing some amazing work. Also in Petrofex Elite, you're ignoring a Pip of Rend, which is quite nice uh, in that army as well. So it's fairly tanky, but then he can do a load of damage uh, with all those different units and then the Blood Tide, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Blood Tide Shrieker. Yeah, you can't... Uh, you can't use inspiring presence uh so we've seen that a lot big war we had a bunch of um uh it's, an, it's basically an iron jaws list with some shooting in it uh basically from marco hernandez and also a wurgol prophet um but he effectively imagine iron jaws who are really scary running across the board with some pigs and then you've got some odd boys at the back of the board in unmatched cankers holding the backboard and then you've also got some Bolt Boys from uh, the Cruel Boys doing Mortal Wounds at range, which is just stressing you out. And then a Wurgog Prophet just runs over and stares you to death. It's the worst thing in the world. Like, amazing work, Marco. Great work. Jeremy, again, flipping the script. Only going 4-1. So Jeremy's first loss in the Galette Battle Pack. Whoever whoever managed to take him out should be super proud. But Jeremy uh, previously was running KO with the Purple Sun. He's now running KO with the Horogast. And I can't tell you how much I loathe this list loathe it because it's beautiful loathe because it's beautiful it's horrific and it's amazing like you drop your army down you put the horogast in their army you then shoot all the units that you want to shoot and then they don't inspire in presence and then you just run away and then d3 more run away it's beautiful Beautiful and horrible. James West with Cruel Boys. Fantastic work. No one's done this well with Cruel Boys. He had two units of 20 Gut Rippers, all in big yellows. So he still had um, uh, some Bolt Boys in his list as well. Uh, then he also had a Sludge Raker in his list. So really incredible work. Uh, the Cruel Boys, sorry, the Gut Rippers were in Unmatched Conquerors. So they were holding those objectives. So they were gonna, those units of 20 were counting as 60 on an objective. And they're two wounds each. Um, really impressive, actually, because honestly, looking at it on paper, I really don't know how it does so well. So James would be super happy with himself um, and an incredible stellar performance. And if you look at his path to victory, he only actually lost his very last game. Which means, like, he was doing very, very well right until the final match, so he should be super happy. Um, uh, Joseph uh, Carnite was running Stormcast Eternals, and I think I read this list. I think it was... Oh, there was four dragons, four Forminators, but he'd allied in a Battle Mage, so he gave himself plus two to charge, which was really nice. I love that, um, uh, especially on those Forminators, so they can just go that little bit further in the charge phase. Or those four dragons, which are also really good as well, so two big hammer units with a bunch of utility in his army. Uh, Ryan Rutherford was running three Gatebreakers and two Littles, which is nice. I prefer three Gatebreakers than Incarnate, um, but great work. Uh, Alan Michael Torres was running Blades of Corn, Reapers of Vengeance. This was two big blocks of nine Blood Crushers, which do D three mortal wounds per one on the charge on the two up. So he would have been nine D three mortal wounds from those two charging models. 
amazing stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Like amazing stuff, really fun. Um, and then uh, Elijah Ramos was running Thudder Lizard. Uh, he had some Stegodons and he had some Croak and Slam and some other uh, other stuff. Uh, and that's it. Like really big event down in Texas. Loads of events happen down there. If you're ever over there or nearby there, you should check out uh, the Weird Knobs uh, Twitch channel and also Weird Knobs um uh, like website so it's spelt how 40k is spelt so weird knobs with a k and a z um and go check out uh, everyone from there so congratulations to that uh, to them to them to them yeah okay so in norway uh we had the invasion aos 2022 and actually i think Nor norway's biggest event to date probably organized by the 2d6 group maybe uh but shout out to everyone over there so um big i got a load of love for the norwegians um, and uh, we had two five O's. So we had Tom Kenneth Soley and Benjamin Flutter with his Skaven Tide. Uh, Tom was running uh, Fangs of Sotek uh, list with loads of skinks and a slan and Ashloth Banner Bear and some skink priests and, and all that other stuff and some Bacillodons. Uh Loads of love. You're fantastic. I've just read this list a bunch. Uh, so loads of love to you. Benjamin Flutter was running a Skaven Tide list. Um, and uh, it's quite interesting. He's got the Verminal Warbringer. I really like this because Verminal, Verminal Warbringer has got a stackable fight on death ability. So it's a spell, sorry, uh, that he casts, but you can make a unit fight on death D3 times um, because you have the FAQ for the um, uh, the aspect of the C for Ineth Deepkin where you can minus the save D3 times and it's stackable. That also applies to this. So you've got fight on death D3 times, which is actually really interesting. Uh, on the Warbringer itself, which is incredibly fighty um, with flaming weapons, or on the Vermilord Deceiver, which obviously can teleport itself in and do the same thing. So you can put fight on death on the Deceiver, teleport it in three times. Um, how does that interact with the unit only being able to fight twice per phase? Uh, it overrides it. I'm almost certain. Uh, I'm almost certain it overrides it. But if someone wants to rules check me, I'm pretty certain. Or you can find death twice. Uh, twice. But I'm pretty certain it overrides it. Um, but don't take my word for it. Super worth asking your TO how you feel about it. Um, but then, and then we got the Warlock Bombardier, uh, a Gracier, and then six Storm Fiends, and then two lots of 20 Clan Rats with a Warp Grinder. So they're able to... Um, it was FAQ'd in the tournament to max two times. Thank you, Tom Sembu. So there you go. Um, so TOs are going to have to FAQ it, uh, basically. So it's max two times. But that does mean you can send in uh, the Deceiver. He can fight, and then you can kill him, and then he's got fight on death. Right? Um, so there you go. Uh, which I think is interesting. And you got six Storm Fiends, which obviously with plus one to hit, plus one to wound from more, more, more war power um, are going to do a ton of damage. The, each Rattling Cannon is 3d6 shots, and there's two, so 66 shots. Um, and then if you use a Warp Zone token, they're going to be damage two. Uh, the Wind Launchers have got 24-inch range as well, and they're like damage three or something. They're wicked. And Clan Rats are just your screens. And then Chronomantic Cogs for your reroll casts on your Warbringer and your Deceiver um, and your Bombardier. Uh, so just a really cool list. Uh, really nice to see Skaven do well. Um, uh, really, really fun. Very, very cast dependent on it being very, very strong. Um, uh, so there you go. And then, uh, and yeah, that's it. That's our five O's. That's our five O's from this event. And then we've got a bunch of four ones, which we're going to talk about now. Okay, in our four one bracket, uh, we've got Syndra. Oh, no. Jolvang. I tried. I want you to know that. With a Soulblight Gravelords, Castelli Dynasty list, two units of five Blood Knights, some Grave Guards, some Death Rattle, uh, Vampire and Zombie Dragon, and then also Vordry and Manfred. So three big 
fighty vampires on dragons uh, with some blood knights, which are really good for kind of screening. I know 200 points feels like a lot for a screen, but when there are three up armor save and then we can retreat, and then you've got things like Manfred bopping around the board, and then the output of Vordry and the zombie dragon, you're in a really interesting place in the Castelli dynasty. I think that's a really, really fun list. I really like that, uh, especially when he's uh, made the blood knights bounty hunters, so they're definitely dealing with screens and chaff. That's their job, so they're not the hammer units, even though they are pretty pretty good in of themselves um then you got ula vatland uh with his iron jaws blood tooth load of pigs and uh mega boss and war crusher uh christopher malberg was actually running something really interesting uh he had two units of 20 bestigore uh a shagoth shaman uh zango shaman great bray shaman another great bray shaman uh and then he's got the crunch binding carnet a cygore and then he's got the chronomantic cogs which is kind of interesting with the Ravening Direflock. So the Incarnate's going to be able to eat uh, the Ravening uh, Direflock, go up to level 3, uh, because um, the Wizards are going to Primordial call themselves. The Bestigore, I just don't know about, to be honest, apart from uh, they're in uh, Bounty Hunters, which makes them super. Uh, and then I don't know if there's a Cygore metering coming, but there's a Cygore as well. I don't know what the Cygore's there for. I don't know. Uh, so if Christopher wants to tell me, I would love that. Uh, Lassie Kalberg was in Daughters of Cain, which was Marathi and the Bell Snakes. Lars Helgen uh, was running uh, Warsong Revenant. Six Hunters uh, as Battle Line uh, so with Scythes. Um, a, uh, a allied in Battle Mage of Gur for the plus two to charge with the Spite Swarm Hive for the plus three to charge, giving them plus five, I think, or something uh, to charge. Uh, and then uh, six Spite Rider Lancers as well, so he could charge in um, and then also retreat and charge as well. And they're super fast. Um, uh, and that's everything from the list. Yeah, really fun. Oh, he also had the Vengeful Skull Root in the Silver Earth list, which I really like. I don't necessarily think it's better than the Purple Sun, obviously, but when the Purple Sun gets FAQ'd, Skull Root and then the Warsong Bomb through the trees... I just love it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I just think it's really fun. Hello. In Quebec, they had the Montreal GT. I was recently in Montreal. Bonjour, my friends. Bonjour. Uh, and then they had 48 players. Pretty big event. 46 players at the Montreal GT. Uh, bonjour. And um, uh, in first and second place, or un, deux, uh, is, is Tanik Gagne uh, and Christian Royal in Quebec. Um, and then uh, Danik was running Fangs of Sotek Seraphon with um, a load of skinks, uh, some camo skinks, Purple Sun, the Horrorgast again, and uh, the uh, and all the stuff that you normally see. And then um, the guy in second place, whose name is Christian. Christian! Uh, was running Festus, Lord of Afflictions, Lord of Blights, Puskill Blight Lords, and 10 Putrid Blight Kings, uh, and then a Puskill Blight Lord. So congratulations to him and everyone. Well, we've got an exciting set of lists in the 4-1 bracket. Uh, Vincent Pierre Martineau was running Scarlet Doom, um, uh, Nighthaunt, which was a bunch of uh, Blade Geist Revenants. Oh, no, sorry, not Blade Geist Revenants. That's not what I mean. Um, yeah, Blade Geist Revenants. That's their name. Yes, nailed it. Uh, so congratulations to him. Alex... Alex Thibodeau, Thibodeau, Thibaudi uh, actually had a really interesting Stormcast Eternals list in that he had, oh no, I'll put it over here for myself, one second, um, in that, I'm not sure on the screen, but he had a Lord Relictor, a Lord Aquila, but then he has six Vanguard Paladors, six Vanguard Paladors, all in 
bounty hunters, and then two units of two Vanguard hunters um, in expert conquerors, three eighth wings, and six Vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows. So he had the entire lot. It's pronounced Tibido. Tibido. Okay, so this is an incredibly interesting list. Those Paladors are really fun. Um, Vanguard Hunters, you don't see them much at all. There's a lot of shooting actually coming out of the Paladors more than you would think, which is why I think the Vanguard Raptors are backing that up at the back of the board. It makes that really, really interesting as well. So a super cool list that I really want to deep dive a little bit more later because actually there's some really fun tech in there and it's very unique to see that. Shout out to Freddie Leggett from England who um, has been putting... Uh, putting Paladors really on the map over the past couple of months. Uh, Julian uh, Saz is running Fangs of Sotek. There's loads of skinks in, um, uh, in Seraphon. Uh, Luke Goslin uh, was running Carriage and Overlords with a Purple Sun, a boat, 10 Thunderers, two little boats, and then three times 10 uh, little dwarfs. Um, Frederick uh, Prolux was running an Iron Suns list, which is a little bit different to what we normally see, which is charge in your opponent's charge phase or the end of your opponent's charge phase with a mega boss two war chanters and then a mega boss on foot first mega boss obviously was on a more crusher uh and then a bunch of odd boys 10 brutes and then some gore grunters but he also took more crushers which no one really does which is cute uh and then you had mark andre uh Fektu with an emerald host uh night haunt list which is a little bit different as well to what we've seen normally two lots of four memron banshees the purple sun but then he had um Spirit Torment, Cruel Gas Cruciator for the minus one damage aura, Guiding Souls, and Lady Alinda, and then nine Spirit Hosts, five Hex Wraiths, and ten Groove Gas Reapers. So a nice variety of units that you don't normally see. Um, so really fun. And shout out to everyone in Quebec. Uh, 50 people. It's a massive, massive tournament. Um, I was in Montreal recently, and a lovely, lovely city. And I hope you keep having really big Age Sigma events and having a nice time. In Canada again, at the Northern Waste GT, we had nearly 50 players playing uh, to take the title. And it was Nick Fortin with a very, very anarchic Skaven list uh, that ended up winning the event. So looking at the list, you can see that he took an abhorrent... Oh, no, that's the wrong list, sorry. Uh, he took uh, the three Graceers, but one on a Screaming Bell. So uh, that meant that he got three Master Clan characters, which means he can, uh, if he rolls a high charge on his first charge, all of the other units can use that as well. He can pile in three inches with everything after the first unit. His first run roll can apply to all of his units, which is kind of interesting. Um, he's also got Skit Leap in his army, his Master of Magic on the Grace here as well, with Skaven Brew, which is D3 Mortal Wounds, and a plus one to the attack profile of a unit in range. Uh, pretty certainly will have done that to his two units of, well done it to his unit of plague monks or a unit of plague monks uh which is uh two units of 20 plague monks he's got two rattling guns which um are going to be 2d6 attacks and then potentially uh are going to be damaged too because he's going to use a warp stone token a warp fire thrower as well two lots of 20 clan rats uh, a plague priest a warlock bombardier and then a death master with the gnaw bomb so he can create a bit of um a bit of uh a uh, like a like a gnaw hole basically so then i think he what he's done is he's teleported um a unit of plague monks with the buffs on them uh run them forward uh and then charge in and then does some crazy damage all the while while shooting with his rattling guns uh basically did i say grace here on a bottom ghoul king sorry grace here on um uh, screaming bell obviously apologies chat and apologies people watching we are now 
three and a half hours into this recording to get this done. Uh, and then he's also got the purple sun, drop something down north, uh, down the sun, and vermintide. We did hear that he had a, a cracking round um, uh, for his first four rounds, and then round five he played against Flesh Eater Courts, and they had two good kings on Terrorgeist, and on the first turn he put both of them into the purple sun, and then the Flesh Eater Courts player shook hands and went home. Uh, so amazing stuff. So shout out to Nick. Uh, congratulations to you. Um, and that's a 5-0 on the board for Skaven. Uh, uh, so in the 4-1 bracket, uh, we had Dayton uh, Uber. Uh, and Dayton Uber uh, is, uh, has his own podcast called uh, Party at the All Points. Um, uh, the main uh, guy that runs that's a guy called Mr. Budtastic Guy. But Dayton's one of the co-hosts. Um, lovely fella. He was running Marathi and the Bow Snakes uh, in his list. Eric Armstrong. Uh, also went 4-1. He was running Sylvaneth. He had um, uh, he had a Heartwood army with an Archrev, a Spirit of Durthu, a Warsong Revenant, and they had six Kunoth Hunters with Great Bows, uh, two lots of five Tree Revs, and a Spite Swarm Hive, and then six Spite Rider Lancers uh, as well. So everything I've said about the Sylvaneth up until this is the same there. Uh, but congratulations to Eric. Well done. I uh, love the Spirit of Durthu inclusion. And then Riker Gilbert on 4-1 with Lofnir and Fire Slayers. One of the few times we've seen Fire Slayers up here. With a Battlesmith, a Flamekeeper, a Rune Father, a Rune Master, a Rune Smiter, and then three Auric, sorry, two Auric Rune, Sm- Rune Sons on Magmadroth and ten Hearthguard Berserkers. Oh, twice. Two lots of ten Hearthguard Berserkers. Wow, you can fit a lot into this list. So they obviously can strike when you charge them, which is really good because those Hearthguard Berserkers are really powerful. The two Auric Rune Sons on Magmas are the same. It's just a real fighty combat army uh, with some real good buff piece behind it at the back of the board. Uh, so congratulations to everyone in Canada. I hope you're well. And congratulations, yeah. Our last event, and by no means our least event, is the Sovereign Smash over in Australia. Had 18 players playing. It was won by Nathan Thompson with a Caradron Overlords Barrack Zilfen list with the Purple Sun, two Ironclads, a Grunstruck Gun Hauler, and then three times 10 Arcanaut Company and a unit of 20 Arcanaut Company, which you don't see very much, which is quite fun, which means he does get two Light Sky Hooks in his army as well. So it's a pretty decent shooting. Uh, and then an Aether Chemist, an Admiral, and an Arknaught Admiral. So some nice, like, easy shooting there. Like, pretty fun. I like this. And then just those big Ironclads just gunning stuff down. And the Purple Sun's so useful in this army because Zilfin obviously pre-game moves, drops the Purple Sun in the army, and then all of your guns uh, have an additional pip of rend. So you're able to just blow through stuff, which is really great. Um, uh, our Kieran Coates with his Skaventide list uh, in second place uh, had... oh. I must not have opened it. Oh, no, he didn't submit his list. So, I'm sorry, I don't know what it is. And then Joel, with his Stormcast Eternals list, to wrap us up for the day, has uh, got a very interesting list. Karazai the Scarred, Lord Relictor, a Lord Exorcist, um, who had the Master of Magic and Mirror Shield, then a Lord Castellan um, with the Arcane Tome and Celestial Blades, which is plus one to wound, four Fulminators in his list, five Liberators, five Sequitors, three Praetors, and a Dias Arcanum. It's a very interesting list. He can make one of his wizards move faster, which I assume is going to be his Lord uh, Exorcist, where you can't return models within nine inches, which is a nice little bit of tech. He's got Relocate on the Relictor, um, which is really cool, so that he can relocate uh, those Dracothian Guard Formulators, which are going to be very potent in the combat phase. Karazai, big fighty model as well. Um, so yeah, just very interesting Stormcast list. Uh, and that is all of the events. Okay, 
let's wrap this up. How do we feel? Okay, so I, I made a separate video saying that there was lots of incarnates and the incarnates fairly boring and, and like it would be cool to get rid of it. Um, uh, so, but that, that's a separate video which will go out a separate time. Um, uh, huge list diversity as always, uh, although the incarnate makes it less list diverse, which is kind of interesting um, because it's it's some list with an incarnate. And I do wonder if the game would be less balanced, more balanced. I don't know. Like, um, but either way, that's pretty key. The big takeaway from this week is. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone has discovered the, the Bravery Bomb. I've been talking about it for ages. I've been running it myself at tournaments. The Bravery Bomb is here to stay. Is it KO with a, a Horogast? Is it Seraphon with a Horogast? Is it Beast of Chaos finally using their Ravening Dire Flock? Is it Oso Out Bone Reapers using um, the, uh, the Bone Tie, Blood Tie Shriek, or whatever it is? Um, there's a lot of Horogasts out there in the world now, which is actually pretty spicy pretty spicy uh because it kind of makes a couple of different things change around right um units that um are immune to battle shock kind of get stronger which is really interesting abilities that help you with your battle shock tests are stronger as well but then again bravery debuffs come into more effect as well so actually some pretty interesting stuff i feel like horrorgast makes the stronger army stronger and not the weaker army stronger kind of interesting it's basically an auto win into beast of chaos or it should be uh, it should really deal with a lot of bone splitter lists as well um yeah very interesting kind of inclusion in a bunch of lists and that's my big takeaway from this week other than what i said last week age sigma is just popping off events all around the world in massive numbers biggest event we had in norway Germany's biggest singles event, I'm pretty certain, absolutely massive numbers. Events in Australia, two events in Canada, uh, which is cool. Uh, massive event again in Texas. So just big events all around the world. It's is just going from strength to strength. The community is growing. Um, the player base is growing. The skill sets are growing as well. We've got huge list diversity. There's still some really exciting lists this weekend. We've had uh, that big German event, obviously won by our, uh, our weird rock cover Nurgle list. Uh, we've had Palador lists doing weird and wonderful things. Uh, you've got Haradins in Nighthorn doing some interesting stuff. You've got Skeets and Yeats for Seraphon. Uh, not Seraphon, for Sylvaneth. All the Seraphon lists are the same. Um, uh, like, it's interesting. There's lots of stuff. We've had Cruel Boys lists do well. We've had all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, no gits at all. No ogres either. So that's a bit sad. But, yeah, like... The game is very wild. There's loads of stuff out there. And sure, when you read through all of these different things all the time, then it does seem very similar towards the top end, like the list archetypes or the cookie cutter lists. But I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think these players still have to play them. Uh, anyway, a uh, uh, special shout out to the Twitch chat who've gone through this three and a half hour recording with me to go through all of these all of these um, different events. So I hope everyone has enjoyed it because um, it's pretty arduous to go through. So if you do enjoy what I do, I would love you to like and subscribe. I'd love you to join the Patreon, and, you know, that's a great way of saying thanks. As always, I'm going to thank Rob and Ziggy uh, from the Stat Center to be able to help me uh, bring a lot of this information to you at home. Hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for tuning in. See you soon.